it's marketing, it's money, it's industry, it's if you want to be this person, here are all the things you need to have and to be and to do and to look like to fit in. My brand is more me than ever, which is funny because up until 2017, my brand was my name. That year, I made a conscious effort to move away from my personal brand and build out a company brand, something that could represent an idea that was much bigger than just me. And at that same time, I started to do some significant personal work. I drank less. I ate better. I started moving my body. Later, I did a heap ton of mindset work. I discovered the great outdoors. And all through this, I started to feel like a new person. And at the same time, I started to feel more myself, more comfortable with myself, more confident, more whole. Along the way, the brand I was building evolved. It created a space where I could fully belong as a leader, a businesswoman, and as a human. I wasn't playing at who Tara Gentili was anymore. I wasn't hoping to become something that I really wasn't. I wasn't putting on a nice dress and fancy makeup and hoping people would trust me. I could just be me. I'm Tara McMullen, and you're listening to What Works, the show that transcends the hype to bring you candid conversations about what's really working to run and grow a small business today. We're closing out this month on branding by getting personal. We're looking at how who we are informs what we create and how those brands evolve over time. And like I mentioned, my business brand is more me than it's ever been. And just because my brand represents a company and a community doesn't mean that it's not extremely personal. So whether your business is represented by your name and your face, or whether you're building something separate from you, there's a lot to dig into in this episode. Today, I'm joined by Stacia Savasic, the creator of Stacia's Style School. Stacia helps people find the courage, clarity, and congruency to rock their personal style. I wanted to showcase her story during this month as a way of helping you re-examine the stories and patterns that we inadvertently fall into because of what we believe it takes to fit in, to be professional enough, or to earn credibility. Seisha's personal story and how she's turned her passion into a thriving business will shed light on all the hangups you might have about your personal style and the way your personality plays into the brand you're building. We chat about how Stacia realized she was fitting herself into imaginary boxes, how the birth of her first child changed how she approaches her own body and style, how she finds the guts to dress the way she wants, and how her personal style informs her personal brand. Now, let's find out what works for Stacia Savasic. Stacia Savasic, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Tara. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to talk about the intersection of personal brand building and sort of personal style building. And I am really, really excited about this conversation. And I think all of the overlap that we can unpack here together. Um, But before we get into that, I would love for you to tell me about a time when what you were wearing on the outside didn't match how you were feeling on the inside. That is a good question. I actually thought about this before we got on the call. And here was what I here's where I came. Uh, there wasn't a time in in terms of like a moment. It was like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me think of one time. I can't. It was, 
it was such a big thing for me where what I was wearing on the outside didn't match what I was wearing on the inside. And I was actually remembering this moment when I was on the post office steps and I started to cry. And it's, the, you know, those weird moments you remember in your life where you're like, I don't even know why, where, like how. And I, and I had this overwhelming feeling that I was in the midst of an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And this was maybe like 10 years ago for me. And I, I couldn't figure out what my style was. <laughs> and I, I laugh at it now, but I was like, maybe, you know, I think that I like the outdoors and hiking and doing mm -hmm. all this stuff, but I like wearing lipstick. So maybe I've been pretending I like the outdoors for all these years because you can't like both. Like an outdoorsy person doesn't like sequins and lipstick and cowgirl boots. She likes Keens and Burt's Bees and Lycra, <laughs> you know? And so I started questioning what it was that I liked. Do I even like lipstick? Maybe I don't like lipstick. Maybe that's a joke. Maybe I don't like sequins. Maybe I've been trained to believe I like sequins. Maybe I like hiking. Maybe I don't. And so I had this, and I remember just being on the steps of the post office, just like, what do, what do I like? Who am I? I don't know. And what I was doing is I was, I didn't know. But what I was trying to do is take what I know and fit it neatly inside of a prescribed box. And it wasn't fitting. Right. So I thought that I needed, I was doing it wrong as opposed to maybe the box was wrong that I was trying to fit myself into. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm seeing your face. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> I completely know what you mean. This feels so unbelievably familiar. I cannot even tell you where I would love to just get your take on where those boxes come from. Like why, 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 why do we feel the need to squeeze ourselves into these? prescribed boxes? I think it's, I, I think about this a lot. My latest like landing on this is it's, it's marketing. It's, it's money. It's industry. It's, if you want to be this person here, all the things you need to have and to be and to do and to look like to fit in. So I think it's a product of our deep desire, our yearning, our sort of like the that like oh inside of you that just wants to belong that wants to fit in and you will do anything and everything to find your space to feel protected and safe right and i i think i and i get that but i don't think we're taught how to do it correctly yeah is where i've landed yeah, man, again, that feels very familiar and is very like you have just completely articulated my own personal experience in so many ways. And I can definitely identify with the identity crisis piece as well, both on a sort of chronic level and at certain times at an acute level as yeah. well, where you get those like that gut wrenching feeling of who am I? Like exactly what you said. What do I like? Who am I? Who is this person? Yeah. Um, and I think maybe for me, it's often come at times of change too, mm -hmm. right? Or times of growth. Like I'm growing out of one thing and growing into another and it it forces this recalibration. Uh, for me, there's a lot of feelings that go along with that, you know, anxiety um, and just, uh, and kind of overwhelm and friction and frustration. Did, did you have a lot of that emotional component as well? Or was it something that was kind of, did it feel more like a technical problem to you? Oh, it felt like 
it felt like insomnia. It felt like upset stomach. It felt like foggy brain. It felt like lack of direction, lack of motivation. I felt, I mean, I can just, that anxiety, the, um, that sort of like that, that sort of like core sadness of mm. just kind of that feeling that you always have the wind knocked out of you because you just can't get your sails straight. Like, you're just like, I don't know which way is up. I can't, something's wrong. And I don't know what it is. Something is deeply, deeply wrong. And I can't figure it out. And with that, I think comes a lot of judgment and a lot of criticism, right? And I, because when you're, when you're flailing and you see somebody walk in a straight line, you're like, when, what is it? (laughs) Who do they think they are walking all in a straight line while I'm over here falling down every time I try to take a step? And it can, and then comes resentment. I mean, I can go on and on (laughs) on on the feelings when you're, when you're not steady all the ways that we try to navigate that, most of them, those emotions come out sideways and it's not positive in a lot of ways, you know? Woo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just like, I'm sweating over here just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to hear how you got from this place of feeling that anxiety and upset stomach and insomnia and all, and, and that judgment to having a real uh professional interest in personal style? You know, there's a lot of different roads that lead to that. So how did I, like, how is this my career? How have I built a business around this? It still blows my mind and I'm still early in it. It's been about five years. And it, I think it all really started, started for me when my first child was born, when my daughter was born. So she was born with craniofacial limb differences, right? So she was born looking different than other kids, a lot of internal stuff, a lot of external stuff. And one of the things that I was experiencing, I was in my late, early 30s at the time, is I had gone through, you know, my late teens, 20s, early 30s, not liking my body, sort of hating my body, because that's what many of us do as women is we, this is too big, too small, too squishy, too this, too that, whatever. And I remember the moment she like that she gets laid in my arms and the in the that overwhelming feeling is how is she going to survive this life how is she going to navigate this i have a typical body all the parts are here i've got no obvious physical differences and here i have this kid a girl who is born with all these differences how am i going to raise her to be a strong, confident, bold woman with the physical differences that she has when I, in my typical body, can't look at myself in the mirror. Right? Yes. (laughs) It's huge. And so that was, that was sort of like awakening number one. Something's not right here. I need to, if I can't look at her and tell her she's beautiful and perfect, which is the way that I saw her, my Mm -hmm. child, who cares about this? That you're like, you're perfect. You're a human being. You're incredible. How am I going to teach her that when in the same time, I can't look in the mirror at myself? Like she's going to, kids see through this stuff. And I knew this and I knew it was going to be a journey. And so that was the first time where it really became obvious to me that I needed to start working on my stuff. Right. But then how do you like, you're like, oh, great. I got to work on it. What does that even mean? Yes, <laughs> how do you work exactly. on it? You know, so it became 
so my the process for me was I was special needs momming, right? So I'm like heavy into it, wasn't working, doctors all the time, surgeries, hospital, super intense. And I would walk with her and we would, there was a, on one of our loops here in my little small Vermont town, there was a thrift store. And so we would stop into the thrift store and for four bucks, I could buy stuff. Right. And so mm-hmm. it gave me, it was like, cause I was unemployed. My husband was like working, he was in grad school. So it was hard times for us. It was wicked hard times. Four bucks was a big expense back then. And I just started buying stuff. And so one of the things I noticed was that I would buy something and I would wear it on a Monday and I would be like, oh man, my body, I got a good body. This fits me well. Like I feel good in my body, shoulders back, eyes forward, feeling good. And then three days later, I'd put on an outfit. My butt's too big. My boobs are too small. My belly's this, my, uh, my body's a problem. So I have a background in science and I was like, let's look at the data here. Yeah. How is it that on Monday, my body was perfect? And on Thursday, my body was a hot mess. It was a disaster. It was disgusting. It was wrong. Maybe my body's not the problem here. Maybe it's the clothes. Mm -hmm. And so then I went in and I, because I was so heavy into being a special needs mama, I turned this into a personal project of buying clothes, trying clothes, just kind of, I went bananas. Everything was used. It was all from the thrift store. So it matched my sort of my ethics and my values, which was another thing that was important for me. I'm not going to go to Forever 21 and buy a bunch of stuff. Like that's not something that I would do. And so, but it was all, and I, and I just, I went bananas. (laughs) I would just go to the thrift store and I would try everything and I would study it. Why this, not this, why this, not this, why this, not this. And I started seeing how things worked on my body and didn't work on my body. How certain colors made me feel alive and other ones made me feel empty. How certain, you know, I'd put something on and I'd be like, cute in the mirror. I feel like I'm in a costume. But then I'd put something else on and be like, oh, this is connecting to something inside of me that just makes me want to shake a little bit. Like I can look in the mirror and tears come to my eyes because what I'm seeing is so resonant with who I am. And so I just started playing with this and playing with this and playing with this. And a business was born. <laughs> I don't know. So and it's like all this happens, right? And you're and it just like I was just following where's this going? Where's this going? Where's this going? And but then I mean there's the story too, which I mean I can't like it's like the whole premise of everything that I do is as my daughter started coming of age, I was trying to protect her by making mm-hmm. sure she always wore cute outfits, little boot cut jeans and little dresses and little designer sneakers. And I made matching barrettes for all of her little outfits. And, and I, I was very set on making sure that she fit in. So I was going to make her the cute, like she cute. I mean, the outfits that like, I just put so much energy and effort into making sure that she, I'm going to throw air quotes around it, make sure she fit in. And every time we would do this, as she came of age, I'm talking three, four, five years old, she, we would blow down battles because she didn't want to wear a boot cut. She wanted to wear straight leg. She didn't want cap sleeves. She wanted straight sleeves. She didn't want pink, purple, sparkles, flowers. She wanted trucks, dinosaurs, and stripes. She didn't want dresses. She wanted bow ties, button downs, and blazers. And so I was like, Hold, "Like, stop the train!" Okay, I'm a I'm a liberal progressive mama, and I was like, "We are not traveling down this track. We've already got enough, right?" I am already yeah. the mama of a special needs kid doing a lot of stuff. Now we're going to start playing with gender. What? 
no. <laughs> so, I mean, she was little, but but it shifted, right? Like she held strong to her stuff. And she, we had this moment in the thrift store. I don't know if you've heard me tell the story, but we were at the thrift store. She wanted a shirt and tie. I said, no. She got the clerk there to find one for her. And came, like the clerk came up, was like, your kid wants this. It's a buck. Come on now. You're not going to buy it for your kid. <laughs> and so I bought it. We get home. She puts on her shirt and her necktie, looks in the mirror, and she takes her own breath away. And she is five years old. And she looks in the mirror and says, mama, look how handsome I look. And she ran across the floor and said, mommy, look how much faster I can run. And then she jumped, look how much higher I can jump when I'm wearing a shirt and tie. Boom, right there. Everything shifted for me. So there came the lesson for me that we don't get dressed to fit in. We get dressed to belong to ourselves, not to anybody else, but to belong to ourselves. And in my efforts to protect her, I created a box. This is what a girl looks like. And here's how you're going to fit inside. Instead of saying, who are you as a person? Let's build up that knowing and make sure that you know who you are. So no matter where you are, you can stand on your own two feet and you can be your own advocate. And you can walk into a room with your eyes forward and your shoulders back with your limb differences and your craniofacial differences and own your space. Right. So it was all these like I thought I was getting it with my little mirror and I feel good on a Monday and not on a Thursday and kind of getting it for me and what it felt for me. And as I'm learning this, I'm telling my kid, no, you want to fit in. This is how you have to do it. This is how I'm going to protect you. And I was wrong. And so when we had that moment of her taking her own breath away and her being able to run faster and jump higher, it was clear to me in that moment that I was, I was, I, I was misguided, right? I had fallen into the same traps that everybody else falls into. And so like came back, like really peeled it back. And that's where this whole concept of inside out congruency came from, right? Who are you on the inside and how do you reflect that on the outside? And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. I can hike in lipstick at the (laughs) same time. Are you kidding me? I can wear a dress hiking with earrings and lipstick and I can do my hair both. Oh my gosh, this is amazing, (laughs) right? And so it kind of blew it open for me to say, what are all the ways that we try to confine ourselves and do things a certain way when that may not be the way for us, right? And so that's sort of like, believe it or not, that's the short version of how this all happened. But all the avenues are important to create that sort of that whole picture. That's amazing. And I'm quite certain that at least, I don't know, 43% of our listenership is in tears right now. I know that if I'm getting choked out, there's a lot of people in tears. You'll find out what Stacia means by inside out congruency in just a minute. But first, a word from our What Works partners. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. People want to connect to each other. That's always true, but it's never been more true than right now. If you're looking to lead or to serve as people navigate tough decisions and big changes, this is the time to bring them together. 
This is the time to give them a space to process and talk with one another. It's the time to bring thoughtful presence to the online spaces where we gather. If you're looking to lead or serve, Mighty Networks would love to be the place where you do it. When you start a Mighty Network, you can bring your community, audience, or customer base all together under one digital roof. You can help them connect to each other and grow together. You can give them a calm, thoughtful space to process and talk. And as a leader, you can share your knowledge through the content you create, the online courses you build, and the virtual events you host. Bring your people together. Start your Mighty Network free of charge today. Go to MightyNetworks.com. Here's the thing. I know you're a leader. I know because you're listening to this podcast and leaders need support too. If you need somewhere to go to do your own processing, to have thoughtful conversations about what's next, to talk with people who understand the situation you're in as a small business owner, I want to invite you to join the What Works Network. This week, we've had conversations about creating offers on the fly, updating your messaging in a crisis, hosting online events, shifting directions in your business, and working with kids at home. We've had members step up and share what's working for them on being kind to themselves, finding new opportunities, and being mindful of trauma in their response. Now, I know I'm biased, but it's been an incredible place to be over the last while, and it's an incredible privilege to lead this community. We've made access to the What Works Network free for the first 30 days for a limited time. Join us, get the support and connection you need now, and cancel anytime. Find out more at explorewhatworks.com slash network. Um, okay, so you set me up perfectly for my next question, which is, what is this inside out congruency? Can you tell us what you mean by that and how you apply it to your personal style? So inside out congruency is this idea of who are you on the inside? Not what do you do? What are your roles? What are your strengths? I don't care if you're organized, efficient, blah, like mother, like not, not, not relevant for me. Who are you? There's a quote by John O'Donohue that I love. I don't know if you know him. He's a poet. Um, he's an Irish poet and he, and I'm going to, I don't really remember it exactly, but there's a part where he talks about, there's a place inside you that's never been wounded where there's a stillness in you, a sureness in you and a confidence and a tranquility in you. And that's what I'm talking about. Inside out congruency is connecting to that place inside you that has never been wounded. Your essence, your soul fire, your your spirit, whatever you want to call it, that place, not the place that, not the personality that's been built by our defenses and our stories and our stuff, but that the rawness of who you are. How do you connect to that? And then how do you wear it on the outside? So I think when I talk about style, it has very little to do with the clothes and it has way more to do with what are you how are you presenting yourself in a way? How are you getting dressed in a way that connects you to that place inside you that's never been wounded? It's a way to every single day cultivate that inner knowing and that inner truth, right? And so mm-hmm. 
I think we can so often go to our closets and just like, what am I going to wear today? Quick, 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 quick. You know, these pants fit. They're on the floor. Good enough, right? We do a lot of good enough, fine. Actually, we do a lot of punishing ourselves, blaming ourselves, bullying ourselves, wearing pants that don't fit, shirts that don't fit, things that make us feel homely or frumpy or lack of energy or lazy or whatever, where what if you're like, you know what? Way down deep on the inside, people don't even know this about me, but I'm brave. I'm tender. I'm loving. I'm a swashbuckling ninja on the inside. What if I took a moment every day to cultivate that knowing? And what, I mean, we get, you get dressed, you're dressed, you're wearing, you're not, you're wearing clothes. If you're going sure to <laughs> might like why not turn that moment into an intentional practice? My life is busy. I don't always have time to sit down for an hour meditation to cultivate my inner knowing, but I get dressed every day. Mm. And I can take that moment to put clothes on my body that connect me to that inner knowing. And it's uh, honest to goodness, I think it's magic <laughs> because I can wake up and just be like, oh, you know, I've got a headache. My kids were up. I didn't sleep well. Like I got stuff. And then I go, okay, Stacia, that's all true. But you're brave. You're bold. You're tender. You're gritty and you're scrappy as all get out. Now get dressed. Okay. So then I get dressed connected to those things. And that doesn't mean that I sort of avoid my life. It means I can go into my life knowing who I am. And when stuff comes up, I look down and I go, scrappy. That's who I am. (laughs) Right? So as hardship comes to me, I've already spent a few minutes cultivating those parts inside me that help me navigate my life. And I'm not like, this intentionality has what's allowed me personally to move forward with a business because running a business is hard. It's hard. I had no idea how hard it was going to be, right? So it's it's how I have been able to navigate hard things with more grace than I used to be able to navigate mm-hmm. them, for sure. I, I think that is such an important piece of that of this whole puzzle. The more I've worked both on my own personal style and my own personal brand and representing myself kind of draping myself in the things that are really important to me. I think also the the more supported I feel in moving through hard things. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, Let's get into the personal branding piece and into how you have over the last five years developed a brand for your business and how you are representing yourself online. So how have the concepts that you've learned about personal style and connecting to that place that's never been wounded, how have those things translated to the way you think about your brand in the online space? It's, I mean, I find all of it to be so interconnected, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, it's all about being gutsy. It's all, so much of it for me is about being gutsy. And I think, you know, when I went like wearing lipstick on a hike takes guts because you know somebody's going to say something. You know somebody's going to be judgy, right? Posting a photo of myself to Instagram in a bikini takes the same kind of guts because I know somebody's going to get in my messages and tell me I'm too old to be wearing a bikini, that my bikini days are over, that maybe I should go to the gym, maybe I should start doing this. And so it's that same type of, I have to know my truth, whether I'm showing up 
to pick up my kids at school or whether I'm showing up in an on in in the in my online world, right? I have to know. So when these messages come at me that I'm doing it wrong, that I'm not fitting in the box the way that I'm supposed to, that I'm not doing it the way that everybody else is supposed to doing it, I have to be able to sit back and say, is this who I am? And does this feel congruent in 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 my meanness, right? Am I I may not be doing things the way everybody else is doing things in business. Does that mean it's wrong or does it mean it's my way? Because this feels good to me. It doesn't mean I can't learn. It doesn't mean I can't grow into something, but it also doesn't mean I need to take somebody else's prescription and follow it, right? It means that I have, if I can close my eyes and say, what's next for me, as opposed to going online and being like, what's next for me? What's next for me? Who's going to tell me what to do? Who's going to tell me how to be? Who's going to tell me what to say, what to write, what to do, what my thing's supposed to look like? What if I can go inside myself and trust myself and know that the intention here isn't to be perfect? The intention is to try. The intention is to make an effort. It's to be brave enough to get out there and do something. Maybe I fall on my face. Big deal. I tried. Maybe I wear a dress hiking and I get a picker bush up my dress and I'm like, should have worn the pants, <laughs> you know? And then you learn for next time. Big deal. It doesn't mean you made a mistake. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're good for nothing. It means you tried something new. It didn't work. And the next time you're going to try something different. So it's that it's what I've learned through personal style, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what makes me feel alive, what makes me feel like I've kind of handed myself over to, you know, somebody else's decisions, like all of those things that I practice in my closet, I'm able to translate and practice them in my business. It's how... I mean, I'm like scrappy in my life and I'm scrappy in my business. And it's just how I do. And it and it and it works for me because it's me. It's just it's congruent. Congruency works, whether it be in your job, in your closet, in your home decor, in the car you choose. You know, when you find the things in your life that just are in alignment with your Eunice, things tend to work. Because there's so much honesty and integrity built into it. And you're, you're, we have pretty good honing devices. I mean, we have intuition. If we can allow ourselves to follow it, it can lead us in pretty incredible directions. Yeah. One thing that's on my mind as you're talking through this, and, and even thinking back to earlier in the conversation where you talked about you know, just trying all sorts of different kinds of clothes and seeing how they made you feel and seeing how that connected you to that inner knowing about who you are. I'm curious about the balance between experimenting with the way you represent your brand on something like Instagram, where you can put out a different post every day. You can put out multiple posts a day. You can show up in stories 20 times a day if you want to and kind of experiment and see what feels good versus putting a brand in a place, putting a, a more visual or or even narrative brand in a place like your website or your online course where it's gotta last longer. <laughs> like it's it, you're it's not in stone, but it's definitely more um, 
it, it needs to stick around because you can't be fiddling with your website all the time, no, right? No, so no, how do you how do you balance that sort of um long term, this is what my brand is all about kind of statement or the way you show up versus the experimentation that can happen on a platform like Instagram. That's I love that. And so the way that I would think about that is there are words. So I call them power words and they would be like your brand words. I don't even I don't even know what the brand people would uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it would call okay. but like your brand words, right? Like I call them power words and for me they translate from personal to business. And my words stay the same. Right? So the words that I want to uh what would my I don't even know exactly what I'm trying to say. So to like the way that I envision my brand like vibrancy, bra- bravery, integrity, a little fierce, gritty, scrappiness, sort of like I put, those are my brand words. And I Mm -hmm. always want everything to filter. So those are the golden, that's the golden thread, right? The way that I connect to those shifts because I shift because I'm a human. Mm -hmm. The words Mm -hmm. don't shift. And so what's able to maintain its regularity is that the congruency is the who I am, right? So even if you were to look at my Instagram, I always think it's funny because what I wore and how I showed up last year is vastly different than what it is this year. But it, but you wouldn't even notice it because the golden thread is who I am. And so I expect things to shift on, um, in the way that they maybe look I expect things to shift because what connects me to bravery in 2017 is going to be different than what connects me to bravery in 2018 and the same thing in 2019. So the way things appear to me on the surface will shift. And that's what I think is so fun about Instagram is people can look at my Instagram and be like, wow, it's so neat to see how your style has changed over the years. Even even like in the last month, my like you can look and you can see boom where there was a shift right there because i went through a thing and things shifted for me my style shifted pretty dramatically because i went through a pretty big shift right but mm-hmm. it's still me because i'm still connected to myself and so i am the link i am that golden thread my my me i i mean my meanness my my, you know, <laughs> my, my meanness, right? And so, but I always have this knowing that if I'm going to keep up with myself and maintain that congruency, then a lot of the other stuff has to shift. It's not going to stay the same because I'm not the same because I am a, I'm a growing, what you're, we're growing women. We're in business. You're growing whether you want to grow or not (laughs) emotionally. Right. And so as I have new understandings and new, just new, as I begin to see things more clearly or understand things in a different way, I'm able to represent them different. I connect to them differently inside my body. And so the visual shifts, but the root of it stays the same. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. And it makes me think about sort of the difference between going out and buying a new outfit versus, or even a new sweater versus doing a complete wardrobe purge and needing to rebuild your wardrobe from the ground up. There might be times when things shift that profoundly in your closet or, or with you so that it needs to sh- it shift that profoundly in your closet where you would 
revisit who you are and what what you're all about and what those personal brand words are that you would go out and get a whole new wardrobe or or really rethink re, you know like I said purge your wardrobe but most of the time you're experimenting on a much smaller mm-hmm level on on more of an outfit or sweater level and the style can change and evolve and things you can introduce kind of wild card things but the meat of it doesn't change right that's right the meat of it doesn't change it's the other stuff that changes and what I think is also interesting and I've been talking a lot about this a lot on Instagram is I like I'm I'm a very I, I like to say I'm not a minimalist but I'm a, and I'm not, but I'm not a, ma- I'm a just the right amount of stuffalist. I know that's kind of a big word. <laughs> I'm the, I'm a just the right amount of stuffalist. And so I have just the right amount of stuff. And for me, I have a small house, small closet. I don't have a lot of stuff, but I, it's not minimal because it feels like enough, right? It feels, I, I have this feeling of abundance. And so as I've just, cause my, I do this word of the, the word of the year thing, like is super something that I do. And this year, my word is disrupt. And so as a word, like, how am I going to connect to that in me every single day to make sure that I'm do, doing the disrupting that I want to do? And a lot of it's about patterns, behaviors, bad habits that I'm in. How am I going to stop myself from going down that path that I don't want to go. And I'm, how am I going to remind myself to switch gears? And so disrupt has been something that I've been working on. And what does that look like for me? I'm not, I can't last year. My word was CEO was all about looking professional. Disrupt is like the opposite. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. But what I did was I bought a pair of leopard print vans and I'm wearing (laughs) those with my CEO clothes and they shift everything. So what I'm saying is sometimes we can have those big shifts. It doesn't mean you need to throw everything away and start over. It means you need to change one critical thing. And that one critical thing can influence and change how everything else reads and appears and feels. You know what I mean? So, and again, like I'm a fish, I am, I'm a thrift store junkie. I am not going to go buy a whole new anything. I'm going to make what I have work. I'm going to, I'm scrappy, right? So that all comes part of, that's all part of my own personal branding of like me being me. How can I get the most out of everything by changing with the least amount, amount of effort and income? And, you know, because I think we get this like, oh, my brand doesn't fit me anymore. I need to go spend $25,000 on a new website and a new this and a new that. And I'm like, you know, instead of having pink be the primary color, I'm just going to switch it to blue. And they're like, oh, perfect. That's enough. It cost me a dollar on Canva. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to switch one thing on Canva. Whoop, big deal. Whatever, right? So there's so many ways that we can shift something, upgrade something without having to just start over. And because, but I think we like to do that because then those are the excuses that we can use to not move forward. Oh, I just can't because I don't have the money. I can't. I don't know a graphic designer. I can't. I don't have a website person. I can't. I don't have this, which is safer, right? Because then we don't have to have forward progress, which sometimes feels good, at least for me, like that's what I do. And then, but so this is like, it's always that reminder that there's always 
like a scrappy way to to get there. I freaking love that because I literally just did what you said. We switched from black to blue as our (laughs) core color. Like we black was the main color and then blue was like the if you have to, this is an accent color. And we just flipped it. And holy shit, like didn't change anything else. But I feel so much more comfortable in the way we represent our company, the podcast, our network, our masterminds, everything feels better now. And it was just that one little tiny thing. And I love the idea. And we do that with our wardrobes all the time. And I love the idea of applying it to your personal brand as well. So, so, so smart. Um, Stacia, we're just about out of time, but I want to ask you one more question, which is just simply, what are you really excited about this year? This year, I am excited. So I have, I do, style has been a big part of the work that I do. And right now I'm working, building a new curriculum on embodying your human body. Like to be, like we've got these incredible vessels, these bodies that are so amazing and we're so mean to them and we're so critical and we're so judgmental. And, and it's become sort of my <laughs> mission to be like, what do you mean? You're afraid that you gained three pounds. There's a lot of things to be afraid of in this world right now, like a lot. And you gaining three pounds should not make the list. The worst thing that's going to happen is you need to buy new pants. Come on now, buy new pants. It's not a big deal. So I think there's so much around... I think there's so many women, I see this all the time, that are holding themselves back because they're not willing to embody their body because they're hiding themselves because they're ashamed Mm -hmm. of their bodies, right? So I think so, like one of the things that I I touch on this in style school and we only just ever, like we just nip it. And so I've got a whole new thing coming forward of like, okay, now we're gonna embody our bodies and we're gonna, you know, you wanna go to the beach and play with your kids, put your bathing suit on take the cover up off. So the whole thing is like, take off the cover up. (laughs) I just, I get so crazy when you go to the pool, all the, like all the dads are in the water and all the moms are on the side. We opt out of life all the time because we're ashamed of our bodies. And I'm like done with it because women need to, like, I'm like, women need to take over the world right now. That's my thing I'm excited about. Woohoo! That is so great. That might be the best answer I've ever gotten for what are you excited about? I'm ready yes. for women to take over the world and stop being ashamed of their bodies, for goodness sake. Oh my gosh. I am here for it. And I know what works listeners are here for it too. Stacia Savasic, thank you so much for sharing your story and just all the insights you've given us on both our personal style and our personal brands. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. It was super fun. Find out more about Stacia Savasic at stasiasavasic.com. Now remember, if you're looking for support on navigating change, finding new opportunities, or taking care of yourself through difficult times, we'd love to support you in the What Works Network. Get 30 days of support absolutely free of charge and cancel any time. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash network. You can also check out our brand new sister podcast, Small Business Masterclass, where we're sharing and curating the training you need to navigate a changing economy as a small business owner. Find Small Business Masterclass wherever you listen to What Works. 
What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our production assistant is Kristen Runvik. Find over 270 more candid conversations about running and growing a small business today at explorewhatworks.com.